You are listening to the Journey Christian Church Podcast. For more information and resources, visit us online at journeycc.net. Today's message is brought to you by Scott McFarland. We hope you enjoy. Hey, good morning, everybody. Great to see you this morning. Grab your Bibles and get ready. You can turn to Revelation 6 as we continue this series out of the book of Revelation. Before, While you're doing that, um, just a quick story before Penny reads the passage to us. Uh, years and years ago, when Diane and I were in church, we were listening to the pastor a sermon. My daughter, uh, Heather, was there. She's about 12 years old. We were all sitting about, I don't know, about the third row here in the front of the sanctuary. And as he's preaching, a bee comes down and lands on my daughter's leg. And as a 12-year-old, you can just imagine what was about to happen as she sees this bee sitting on her leg, and it's moving around. And before I even realized what I was doing, I just reached down and snatched the bee with my fist and held on to it to try to save her as well as keep the service from being disrupted. Well, the bee stung me, I squeezed it, and here I am holding this bee through the rest of the sermon. I just think that's pretty funny, actually, and I think back on it. Hero. Hero, yeah, thank you. The point was, I didn't want everything to be disrupted for everybody else just because this bee was trying to disrupt my daughter's life. And what I share that with you today for is that when we get into Revelation 6 all the way through 19, we're seeing the tribulation that's about to happen to the earth. And what you're going to discover today and through the rest of the next several weeks is how much God has continued to snatch the bees in our life and how much he's continued to provide protection and care and love for us even when we don't deserve it, even when we've crossed that yellow island, even when we deserve much much more than a ticket. So as you listen to Penny share from Revelation 6, realize we're moving into a new stage of this tribulation, and we'll talk a lot about that, and you should reflect on how much God has loved you and protected you. Let's listen along as Penny reads. I watched as the Lamb opened the first of seven seals. Then I heard one of the four living creatures say in a loud voice like thunder, Come! I looked, and there before me was a white horse. Its rider held a bow, and he was given a crown, and he rode out as a conqueror bent on conquest. When the Lamb opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature say, Come! Then another horse came out, a fiery red one. Its rider was given power to take peace from the earth and to make people kill each other. To him was given a large sword. When the Lamb opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, Come! I looked, and there before me was a black horse. Its rider was holding a pair of scales in his hand. Then I heard what sounded like a voice among the four living creatures saying, Two pounds of wheat for a day's wages, and six pounds of barley for a day's wages, and do not damage the oil and the wine. When the Lamb opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, Come! I looked, and there before me was a pale horse. Its rider was named Death, and Hades was following close behind him. They were given power over a fourth of the earth to kill by sword, famine, and plague, 
and by the wild beasts of the earth. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and the testimony they had maintained. They called out in a loud voice, How long, sovereign Lord, holy and true, until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood? Then each of them was given a white robe, and they were told to wait a little while longer until the full number of their fellow servants, their brothers and sisters, were killed just as they had been. I watched as he opened the sixth seal. There was a great earthquake. The sun turned black like sackcloth made of goat hair. The whole moon turned blood red, and the stars in the sky fell to the earth as figs drop from a fig tree when shaken by a strong wind. The heavens receded like a scroll being rolled up, and every mountain and island was removed from its place. Then the kings of the earth, the princes, the generals, the rich, the mighty, and everyone else, both slave and free, hid in caves and among the rocks of the mountains. They called to the mountains and the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come, and who can withstand it? Thank you, Penny. Jesus promised as we read through this book that we receive a blessing by reading it and you have been blessed today by Penny reading this chapter to you. Revelation chapter 6, we are changing scenes even though we are still in the heavenly throne where John has been receiving this vision from Jesus in the last two chapters. If you're new to us, we've been walking through this book one chapter at a time. I'm doing a portion of the discussion on Sundays and then putting on our website a follow-up discussion and video and notes so that you can continue your study. In Revelation 1, we saw a new Jesus we'd never seen before, a, an image of him that was far different than anything we've ever seen on earth. And then in 2 and 3, he gave instruction to John to speak to all of the churches, including our church and every other church in existence, about what they need to do to prepare for meeting their Savior. And then in 4 and 5, <laughs> We get this incredible picture of what heaven looks like and what worship, is, uh, what worship does to please the Lord and how we are supposed to be worshiping him as we do regularly. But then the vantage point is the same, but the scene changes. At the end of chapter five, Jesus is the only one worthy to take the scroll of finality out of God sovereign God's hand. So he's holding this scroll. Now in, in Greek and Roman times at the time this was written, a scroll would have writing on the front and the back and it would be used for things like edicts or judgments or death, uh, role, uh, things that were being projected to happen and dictated to occur. And so in this case, God is giving the final judgment, the start of the tribulation, the story of the end for Jesus to have authority over as he fulfills it. Now, just this is a great time for us to pause and give you a few theological terms. I hate spending time on theological terms. They're all big words that we never use in our language. However, these are the words that you hear often when we discuss the story of Revelation. 
And let me just make it clear to you what these mean. First of all, this is the beginning of what's called the Great Tribulation. Tribulation is a word that we've transposed from Greek, and all it means is a cause of huge, great suffering. Not only is this the great tribulation of the entire world and the story of history, but there are other tribulations that you've gone through. There are tribulations that you've faced in life. Times of great suffering and hurt and disappointment. And Jesus is demonstrating to us that in the story from Revelation 6 through 19, you are going to see the ultimate story of tribulation on the earth. He's preparing us for that. And then there's this word called apocalypse. Now the media likes and the movie theaters like to take the word apocalypse and talk about this final judgment that happens on the earth as if, you know, there's going to be these beings that show up and you're going to have the skill and the mental capacity and the ability and the wisdom to fight them off and beat them at their own game. Come on, that's, that's the story of the movies. When Jesus demonstrates that he's starting this period called the apocalypse, this period we're talking about. This is final destruction. You do not win. There is no surviving it. It's over with at the end of this story. And that's what we're talking about in these times ahead. And then finally, the word we all like to talk about, the rapture. I think I can do this even online. You can participate in this. How many of you are hopeful that there's a rapture of all the good people before all this begins? Can I get a show of hands? I'm, I'm guessing that many of you hope in the rapture. Well, today is not the day to discuss that. That'll come shortly. But the idea of the rapture is that God rescues and takes us out before the worst happens. And there's theories and theology on that I need to cover, but today's not that day. Today is the day where Jesus, who holds the scroll, starts to release the restraints on what we've been building up for centuries. That's what's happening. This is the birth pains of judgment that is beginning today. And Jesus starts by releasing these seals of the scroll, these wax seals of the scroll to allow the judgment to be unfolded and happen on the earth. So he does that and four horsemen show up. <laughs> this is what a lot of people write about. They enjoy the story. They, they, act, they uh, talk about all the details and the symbolism of it and give their own theories. I just want to give you very simple facts today about what these horsemen represent. The first one is released. Recognize that it's not Jesus that tells the horsemen to come. It's the four living creatures surrounding the throne that releases these horsemen to go do their work. And realize these horsemen are not doing what most of the time we think of angels doing. Angels are warriors that battle for our protection. They're angels battle for your livelihood and your grace and mercy and all the things that God has done for all of this time to keep us from what's about to happen. These hosts are being released to do what we deserve, not what God likes to do for us. So the four living creatures call out and one of them calls out and says, come and here comes this white 
rider, this knight on a white shining steed. Horses were used as symbols of power. Caesars and kings and generals rode on horses at the time. And here comes this white rider that's going to ride into the world and take dominant control of it. Notice he has a bow, but there's no arrows. Notice he's given power and authority, but he uses his words to gain control. He's that white shining hope that the world puts their hope into. And realize this is not Jesus. This is the anti-Jesus. This is the human side of somebody trying to act like Jesus. And he rides into the world to take control. And soon after that, we see the release of the red rider. This is a different horseman. He begins what's now what we would call a worldwide war, covering all nations and all kings and all those in authority. This is far greater than the world wars that we've experienced already in humanity. This involves every nation, every tribe, every tongue, every ruler, and they are all in battle and violence. This war extends into the home and into your neighborhood and into the communities we live in. I mean, you can kind of imagine what this might look like by the concept that we've gone through at different times in our history where people are fighting against each other and words and violence is all that is occurring and the constant threat of dying to the next door neighbor or your own family member would exist. It's a massive, violent moment. Hostility, division, tribalism in every aspect of life. Can you just pause for a second and fathom it? Is it any wonder we're seeing birth pains of it now in the ways that things have been handled in our streets, our communities, our cities? And then the release of the black rider. This one is the one that, from a personal standpoint, feels like we've been dealing with lately. This black rider shows up and it brings global famine. That's more than just a lack of food supply. That's a lack of all resources and an increase in the cost of them to the point that everybody suffers. This is us deserving and experiencing all of the sin that has built up over time and now the earth is going to taste it. Every individual. And come on, <laughs> Can we just hit the pause button for a second on this story and realize we've actually been tasting this lately. A global pandemic effect affected every single person on earth. Food supplies, come on, food supplies. Have you gone to Costco and Winco lately? The prices have been skyrocketing. Anybody give me an amen on that? The supply of them was limited in many cases and still we're suffering through that today. And not just food supply, but jobs and all the other things related to it. The rich are able to survive it, but the poor and the third world are dying from it. And that, we've only even seen a little sample of the massiveness of what happens when this rider approaches the earth. And then we have the release of the pale rider. 
The Pale Rider is just an incredibly weird description of this horseman. Have you ever seen anybody so pale from illness that you almost can't look at him without feeling sick for them and feeling sick yourself? And the colors and the, and the ugliness of the unhealthiness of their sin, their, no, excuse me, not their sin, their skin. This pale rider brings worldwide sickness and death. A quarter of the earth dies. A quarter of nine billion people today. Can you fathom it? And these judgments continue to grow in intensity and rapidity just as Jesus releases these seals. Now realize, Jesus hasn't said or done anything yet. All he's done is release these seals of judgment that we've been building up over time. And he's been holding them. And God's been keeping them from us until the day comes when it's time to finish it. These four seals will push the world forward in the judgment. And get this, do you know what they'll be looking for to save them? Not the Holy One in heaven, but the white horseman that has arrived on earth. We as a world will look to some human leader to arise and fix all of this for us so that we can keep moving forward and doing what we want. Ouch. It's an ugly moment in history. When our sin is called to account, the world will still be running from God. The next two seals, I'll move quickly, the next two seals I'll talk more about this week, and you can jump online and look at our Revelation page to get this video in the notes. But just let me hit that briefly. The Lamb has releasing these, the pain of our sin on earth, but then he also just remains patient in heaven. And you get this scene that just makes absolute no sense compared to Revelation 4 and 5. In Revelation 4 and 5, all of heaven is assembled before the throne and are worshiping God with great majesty and holiness. And then he opens the fifth seal and we see a group that's now there of martyrs. And they're not crying out in worship, they're crying out in pain. And they're saying this constant song to God, to God why Lord, how long will this go on? How long will you let this happen? How long will more and more of our believing friends and family members be, be martyred and put to death for their faith. How long will you let the suffering continue? Isn't that such a different cry? Then worthy is the Lamb. Holy is His name. And maybe you've been there. Maybe even though you're not a martyr for your faith at this moment, you've felt that cry. Realize the Lamb doesn't say a word. He gives them a robe, a white robe to clothe them with his grace. And then he tells them to just be patient. Do you realize what Jesus the Lamb is showing us in this moment? 
that even in the midst of all the tribulation that is just now beginning to start, he is still a God who wants to surround us with his presence and grace. He is still patiently waiting for people to come back to him. He is still providing for the needs of his church and his people. And even in the midst of your greatest pain, (laughs) he's still surrounding you with the robe of his love. And then the final scene of the sixth seal. God does something to just, once again, he does this throughout all of the stages of judgment. He does this, he, he does what I'm going to call, this is my opinion, but what I'm going to call a cosmic earthquake. If I could describe it from my mindset, it's like he grabs the earth and shakes it saying, wake up! And all of this massive thing happens, a great earthquake that causes the sun to be blackened and the moon to look red and and stars to be falling, meteors to be falling on the earth. And all of that to say, I'm opening, I have one more seal to open and judgment is going to take control. Will you wake up, world? Will you come back to me? He gives us a taste of what the end is going to feel like. And you know what men do in the end of this chapter? They run and hide. Can I pause and just tell you, watching online? You know the one thing we all do when we sin? We run and hide. We we try to hide from our failure instead of appeal to the one who can forgive it. We try to excuse what we've done in order to get away with it or to to find a way to get through it. And the whole world tries to hide from a God who loves them instead of appealing to the God who can forgive them. It breaks my heart that our human nature doesn't recognize how amazing God can be when we seek his forgiveness. More on that later in the video. But that just is where I want to pause today and ask you to notice that John's vantage point, standing in the throne of God in this moment, His focus is still on the Lamb. The Lamb's opening the seals. The Lamb's caring for the martyrs. The Lamb is trying to get the attention of the earth. It's still about the Lamb. It's still about beholding the King and keeping our focus on Him. And that's where I wanted to land today. I don't know about you, but over the years, especially when I was younger, and if you go through trials and pain and sorrows, you're, if you're like me, you just cry out to God at some point and say, God, just come get me now. Come on. Anybody other than me like that? 
just can you fix it now? Can you solve it now? Can you take us now? Can you come back now? Do you realize what we're reading? Before he comes back, it gets much worse. And since I've been in ministry as an occupation, I've changed my prayer. My prayer is, God, will you hold back for a little bit longer? Will you wait? Will you give us more time? Will you help us reach those who don't know you? Will you, will you solve what's needed to reach my friends, my family, my loved ones, my neighbors, my nation, my, the world? I don't know about you, but as much as I want him to come and save us, I don't want this for the people I love. Do you agree? And that's the point. The seals are a reminder from Jesus that as bad as the world gets, he's giving us a moment to turn back. Don't delay your repentance. If you are outside the will of God in your life in this moment, turn back. If you're hiding something from him, running to the rock so that you think he doesn't see it, turn back. Seek the one who paid the ticket. That bee landed on my daughter's leg. I still remember the story. I'm getting old, so it's hard to remember these things. And I just remember that day of snatching it up because I love my daughter. I know, parents, you've done that before, yes? You love your kids enough to sacrifice for them. I'm asking you today to recognize how much God has sacrificed for you. He's still protecting you. He's still providing for you. So don't run and hide in the mountains. Come before him in worship. Repent and turn back to him. Jesus, thank you so much for this text and for just in simple words what you are doing to restrain what we deserve. None of us are faithful. None of us deserve what you promise in eternity. And yet because of your faithfulness, we are forgiven. Because of your love and your restraint, we are given refuge. And because of you holding back the judgment we deserve, we are given time. I praise you for that today. And I ask you to help us to repent and to constantly keep our focus on you. You are the Lamb You are in control and we appeal to you for your grace and mercy. We love you, Jesus, and we pray that in Jesus' name. Everybody agreed and said? Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Journey Christian Church Podcast. If you would like to support us as we pursue God and love people one at a time, please consider a tax-deductible donation 
by visiting journeycc.net slash giving.